It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 432 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is July 26th, 2023, and the San Diego Padres just dropped two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They just went one and five against the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 2023 season. That's pretty embarrassing considering our expectations for this Padres team going into this season. And as I said on my post-game reaction I just did a few moments ago, this game, this last pitch of this game, sums up this 2023 season pretty darn well. The Padres tease you, right? They win some games. They have some great offensive outburst games. And then they crash back down. This game here in the ninth inning, right? Bases are loaded. It's a one-run game. Grish is up at the plate. Has some potential. We've seen some walk-offs from him before. And they tease you. One run, bases loaded, and boom, strikeout game over. Padres lose. And that's how this series was, too. Get smacked around on Monday. I think it was Monday, yeah. Tuesday, a good win. Good all-around win. Few home runs from a couple home runs from big guys, Soto and Manny. And then today, this happens. Just 
more downs and ups, but just a roller coaster of a year, a lot of teasing. And so, yeah, I'm not going to believe in this Padres team probably at all uh, the rest of the season, unless they put together like a good a winning streak that we haven't seen yet this year. If, if they can win like four games in a row, it's going to have to take more than that probably for me because they're five games under 500 now, 49 and 54. But if they go on some, you know, seven, eight game winning streak, which there's no reason for me to believe that they will. But if they do that, then maybe I'll start to believe. But yeah, this game summarized this season. I mean, just teasing, teasing Padres fans that we'll get there. We'll turn the corner. We're going to turn this corner here. We'll be back. We'll meet those expectations. Because look at what we're doing here in the ninth inning. Sure, we're down, but look at what we're doing. Bogey works a walk. Great at-bat from him. 12 pitches. Campy has a single. Crony gets on base, hit by pitch. Bases are loaded. Juan Soto comes up, who didn't start the game, but he comes up. Soto pinch hits. Gets the walk. Brings in a run. And it's like, all right. All right. One run game. 3-2 ball game. Then the depth shows. Taylor Colway, he pops out. And then Grish comes up. Kind of like the Padres. Potential. Like, it's there. But we haven't seen it consistently. It's there. Doesn't happen. Strikes out. Game over. Padres go 1-5 against the Pittsburgh Pirates this season. Give me your thoughts in the comments. If you're here live on YouTube, you can join the show if you want. Click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. You can make sure I get to your comment or your question by using that super chat button. It supports the channel uh, and it makes it very easy for me to see your comment, your question. So I appreciate any of those, anyone who is generous enough to do that. Um, podcast listeners, you can give me your thoughts on social media at Talking Friars uh, or in the comments on YouTube as well. Um, and I encourage you to subscribe to the channel if you have not already. I'm here for you pretty much every day. Padres, San Diego sports content. What would you do if you are AJ Preller? Would you buy or would you sell? That is the big question leading up to Tuesday's Major League Baseball trade deadline. And for me, I am at the same destination, if you will, that I was, I think, at the end of the last series that the Padres played. I've been at this destination, at this viewpoint for the last couple weeks. You got to sell. And maybe they don't sell everyone. I'm not saying you trade Soto. Maybe they don't trade Blake Snell because the Padres might think that they can extend Blake Snell. But what's the point of keeping Josh Hader? I don't see it him I don't see him coming back at the end of this season. He rarely pitches. And it's going to have to take the Padres getting leads for Hader to even be valuable in the the, the rest of this season, right? Like he just doesn't pitch enough. And so get something back for him that could help you for 2024 and beyond. Maybe that'll get you a reliever, uh, maybe a top prospect and a reliever with multiple years of control. Maybe it'll get you a starting pitcher with multiple years of control. Padres could use one of those. But what has this team, I'll keep saying this, I'll keep asking this. And I know AJ's not listening or watching, I know Peter's not listening or watching. But 
I'm still going to ask this question. What has the Padres, what have the Padres shown that leads you to believe or that makes you say, yeah, this team deserves to be buyers at the deadline. They deserve to have some reinforcements come in. They deserve to keep Blake Snell and Josh Hader on this team. Again, Snell, maybe you think you have a shot at extending him or bringing him back in free agency. But I think the Padres feel like they have a stronger shot at him than Josh Hader, maybe. Because Hader's going to command over $100 million. They're not giving $100 million to a reliever, are they? I, I hope not. I hope not. Josh is a great pitcher, but I'm not giving $100 million to any reliever. Not happening. They already gave almost 50 mil to Robert Suarez to fill Josh Hader's role. So I don't see that happening. So sell him. Maybe sell Lugo because I think he's pitching good enough to opt out. I think it's a player option. So not opt out, but not take the player option and go to free agency. I think you got to think about selling him. And you might say, well, Ben, who's going to fill Lugo's spot? Well, they can find that solution. Maybe they get someone back that they can use there. Maybe they just have Jackson Wolf come pitch. Maybe they have Ryan Weathers come pitch the rest of the year and have him have consistent starts. Um, Joe Musgrove said it in the clubhouse. He thinks this team is talented, even without Josh Aaron and Blake Snell. So let's go see how talented they are without Josh Hader and Blake Snell, or at least without Josh Hader. Again, trading Juan Soto, I'm not trading Juan Soto because I'm still trying to win for 2024. And Juan Soto, he's the best offensive player on the team, numbers-wise, leads the team in almost every category. And he can help the Padres win in 2024. And maybe you can get an extension done with him. I have the odds at that pretty low. But I would expect them to talk with Juan Soto, talk with Scott Boris in the offseason. I think that's more of an offseason thing. Not training Soto, but uh, come on. What's the case to keep Josh Hader? What is that case to keep Josh Hader? Does this team deserve to have Josh Hader on their team? And just get back a low draft pick for Josh Hader when he leaves in free agency? Do they deserve that? Do they deserve to have Blake Snow on this team for the rest of the year when they could get something back and they could just bring him back in free agency if they want to do that? Now, if usually when you trade a guy, he's not going to come back to you, but maybe they say, hey, Blake, we're going to deal you, but we want you back. We just want to improve our chances of winning with you in 2024. Maybe Preller, Seidler try to pitch him that. Don't know how you would take that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Snell thing, like, I don't even know. I don't even know how great of a chance it is to bring back Blake Snell because you have Darvish locked up. You have Musgrove locked up. Like, how many guys are you going to give big contracts to? You know, is Snell the last guy you're going to give that big contract to? And then you're going to have to develop the rest of the arms. You're going to have to go get the cheaper arms and trades. And who do you have to, what talent do you have to give up that you're willing to give up to go get controllable starting pitchers, go get controllable arms, go get controllable young talent, you know? So it's going to be very interesting to see what this Padres team does at the deadline. But yeah, this series just continues to reinforce what the Padres should do before the trade deadline. And that is sell smartly, if that makes sense. Is smartly a word? Be smart about how you sell, but sell. 
if that makes sense. Pony says, why have Taylor Colway in the bottom of the ninth? Well, because I think Gary was the DH, right? So they were having Soto hit in the DH spot. And with one out, you could ground into a double play. So I think Bomel was like, we're just going to have Soto come hit here. Soto said he was going to hit, like he wanted to go hit. They're going to have him hit here instead of risk having maybe Gary ground into a double play. And you don't even get Soto up at the plate, right? Because there was one out in that spot. Double play ends the game. You don't even see Soto. If if you want to have Soto pinch it for Colway. I get the thought there. Why have Taylor Colway in the bottom of the ninth? But who else are you going to have? When you already have Soto that you used, who else are you going to put? You want Matt Carpenter hitting in that spot? You want Matthew Batten hitting in that spot? Who do you want up there? I forget who else is on the bench. Maybe they use the rest of them. Who else do you want there? So I was fine with that. And Soto, with him walking, I was fine with Soto walking. He did his job. He got on base. He didn't get good pitches to hit. He got on base. Bring it to the next guy. They had a couple chances. Colway popped up, and Grish struck out. And that's that's not a spot that you can strike out there. I'm glad that he swung because that's different from what he, do, what he did earlier in the year. Was it against the Royals where Grish struck out looking to end the game? And it's like, dude, you cannot strike out looking in that spot. Cannot happen. Doesn't matter if the pitch maybe isn't a strike. Can't strike out looking there. So he didn't strike out looking. So I guess good job for that. But he still struck out. Got to put the ball in play in that spot. Devin says, I'm conflicted on the decision to pinch pinch it Sanchez. I've been thinking of it for some time after the game was over. I wonder if Soto pinch it for Colway. Maybe the outcome would be different. But again, like I said, like the double play could happen there. Do you want Juan Soto up at the plate there, or do you want Gary Sanchez up at the plate? Not, and we're not think, we're not taking into account that Cole is up next because again, a double play could happen. So, do you want Soto or Sanchez? Do you want right on right Bednar against Sanchez, or do you want right on left with Soto up at the plate? I want Soto. You know, Sanchez has the power potential for sure. Soto does as well, and Soto's probably going to get on base. Soto's the better hitter. I'm going to go with that, and then take your chances with what happens. Like if Bednar could find the strike zone, maybe Soto hits the gap and the Padres go win that game. He just didn't throw strikes. Maybe he didn't want to throw strikes, but then you could just intentionally walk Soto instead of throwing the pitches. Um, but yeah, it, it just didn't work out, but I was fine with where Bo Mill decided to have Soto hit there. Devin says reports from different insiders. I'll get to you here in a second, Matt. I see you. Reports from different insiders, Jim Bowden and Jeff Passon, say the team is a buyer and are not listening to trade offers for Snow and Hater. I'm convinced things are going to be bad for this team. Well, okay, so the Alden Gonzalez report from earlier this week was, according to like the source that he talked to that was familiar with the Padres thinking, I guess, is that it is expected that Snell and Hater stay. But Let's say this weekend goes bad, too, and they lose this series to the Rangers, who are one of the better teams in baseball. Does Peter Seiler and A.J. Preller, do they change their tune? Because right now the Potters are five games under. If they lose the series, drop two out of three, they're six games under. And they obviously wouldn't have made any ground up in the wild card. So when you're, again, clock ticking, it's getting closer to the end of the season, and you're under 500 still. You're not even close to getting to 500. And Matt, you're probably going to win that bet. I think it was Matt who bet that 50 bucks didn't think the Padres were going to get back to over 500. And right now I'm definitely wrong on that. And I'm not confident that they will get to over 500 at any point this season. 
but yeah, getting back to those reports, like I, I feel like because they're all in, I don't think Preller wants to, Preller and Seidler probably don't want to admit, yeah, this this season's been a disaster. This season's a failure. And so they want to keep the team that they have and they want to just hope that the talent will win out and they can magically make the postseason. But again, if they make the postseason, that's not a success for the Padres this year. It shouldn't be. And Matt just dropped off. So Matt, if you want to join the show again, come back on and I'll let you immediately come on. Uh, sorry about that. I got off on a tangent, but I was going to, I was just going to bring you back on. So if you want to come on click that link, if anyone else wants to come on, click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat and you can come on talk Padres, give your thoughts on this team. Pony says Padres should have kept Brandon jury. Well, they, they would have had to pay him and they didn't want to overpay for Josh Bell to Cleveland. And with Brandon jury, I don't know what they saw. Did they not like him? I don't know. They, they wanted to go big and go big is not Brandon jury. Go big is Xander Bogarts. Uh, at least from the options that they had, they tried to go even bigger with Trey Turner and Aaron judge and it didn't work out. They wanted to construct the best lineup possible. And so they went with Bogarts. They saw that opportunity. Boston wasn't going to pay what Bogarts wanted. Wasn't going to happen. So they jumped at it and they overpaid for Bogarts for sure. We'll see how the contract works out. I'm not going to give up on Bogarts less than a season into the contract. I've said that before. Um, Matt, I see you in here, but it's a, okay. Here you go. Hello. All right. Matt. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. I got you. Hey, I'm not calling to talk about the bet. I don't care about that. I'm, I, I don't know who, who you believe manages a 10. I don't have any idea. I don't know if uh, Melvin is just a puppet and it's all analytics or whatever, but I mean, I, I just get tired of hearing about, you know, the, the fans don't know anything or whatever. Some fans don't know anything. These people know more baseball in their pinky than a fan could ever know. And it, it, just by watching the, the management of the team, you, you can tell that they, they just don't. I mean, they've played this entire year, managed this entire year, whoever's running it, like they were already in the playoffs from the beginning, whether it was, I'm not getting on you for saying it's early, but they, it felt like they've always just thought. I think we might've lost Matt, but I get Matt's point about the urgency. We'll see if he comes back here. Yeah, I think we lost him. All right, Matt, if you want to come back on, just disconnect and then come back on because we lost you there. Yeah, so, I mean, Matt's point is valid. Like, from the beginning of the year, this Padres team thinking that they're in the postseason. I mean, Musgrove was saying stuff about that earlier in the season. I remember it. I don't remember exactly when he said it or the exact quote, but he was, like, talking about how, yeah, some guys on this team, it's like, or not some guys on the team, but he just thought the team maybe got relaxed to start the year, didn't have enough urgency. Manny told the media, like, he was, like, disappointed in the media for talking about urgency and overplaying that. And then to Kevin AC, like, a week later in Pittsburgh, he mentions that, yeah, we got to have more urgency. So, yeah, this team just needed to have more urgency from the get-go. 
They thought that they were going to glide into a postseason spot. Things were going to turn around, just like fans like myself were saying. Things will, it'll turn around. Look at the town in this clubhouse. But it's one thing for fans to say that, like, hey, look at the talent. It'll turn around because we don't see the stuff going on behind the scenes. But the, the players in the clubhouse, they can control the work that they put in. I'm not saying that they're not putting in work because I'm not there. We know that there are some players that really care, and we know that they put in a lot of work. But it did feel like at the beginning of the season, they were all like us. Like, it'll come around. No need to worry. And then when they started to worry, you could tell that they were pressing and they're continuing to press and it just hasn't turned around. Matt, you back? Matt, can you hear me? Matt, can you hear me? Yeah, I guess not. All right. Sorry about that, Matt. Give your thoughts in the comments and I'll get to them because unfortunately that connection's not working. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been lack of urgency. There's been some times where it, it, it looks like, yeah, lack of fight, you know? Um, and I initially was in denial about that. Like, yeah, you're, you're telling me that this team doesn't care that they lack fight. Are you kidding? Of course they care. But then like Bob Melvin has said it. Like he's even said it that they need more urgency. They need more fight, show a little more fight. Right. That was the quote in Minnesota. And so it's like, okay, well, I, I, of course there's times, you know, when the manager says it and then you watch the games and, and it was, it was bad timing. I'll admit it was bad timing for me because I was like, it was, there was one day, I forget what day of the week it was, but I was, I tweeted out or something the the narrative that this team doesn't care. They, the lack fight is so stupid. And then the next day, Bowmill like mentions it, how, yeah, this team could show some more fight. It was like, oh, bad timing on my part. Uh, but yeah, I mean, now it's like, there are sometimes some things that have happened this season where it's like, ooh, maybe in the off season, let's make sure we get some players that really care. Let's get some, I know crony, the results aren't there, but get some players like that. Get some players like, Joe Musgrove, who will go out there. They know like these starts are super important and they're going to go six innings. They're going to push. They're going to compete. They're going to go through multiple injuries and say, I don't care. I want to win. Like those are the players that the Padres need to be getting in the off season. Michael super chat here. Thank you so much. Says rumors. Are we we're buying, not selling thoughts if true. Yeah, I mean, if true, if we're buying, not selling, I think it's idiotic. If they buy for the future, like if they're buying guys for long-term control, like, you know, players that are on rookie contracts and they have a few years of control left or a couple years of control, okay, that's not idiotic because you're looking for 2024 and beyond. But if you're buying for rentals for this season, that is idiotic. If you don't trade Blake Snell or Josh Hader, I think you're missing an opportunity there. Don't have to trade both of them. If you trade one, you probably should trade both, but don't have to trade both. But if you don't trade Josh Hader, I mean, you're missing an opportunity there. He's not coming back in free agency. I would be shocked if he came back in free agency. He would get you back a top prospect, not number one in a farm system, I'm not saying that, but he'd get you back a top prospect from some system, one of their top prospects, 
and someone else. He probably could get you back a controllable major league player. You're missing a chance there to improve your team for 2024 and beyond when this season's not going anywhere. And this guy doesn't pitch consistently because part of the reason, because he doesn't want to pitch back to back to back days. And he's done that once this season. And your team is just not good enough to put him in situations to pitch consistently. So what's the point of him being on this team when he's a free agent at the end of the season? Like go get something back for him. So yeah, my thoughts on that, Michael, if they're buying, not selling, I don't think that's the smart thing to do unless you're kind of like buying and selling, you know, you sell off a piece, you sell off hater, someone like that, Lugo, and you can get back controllable pieces or controllable piece back. And so you're buying and selling that way. If it's that way, it's not idiotic. Um, But buying for like a rental, getting Cody Bellinger or Marcus Stroman or someone like that, that's idiotic. Because that that guy's going to change everything. No. What's going to change is these players in this clubhouse playing better consistently. And just off-season roster construction. That's going to change things. Dylan, thank you again for this super chat, man. Uh, casuals trying to blame Bomel. This is AJ's fault. Lack of depth. Colway up with the game on the line. Really? Bomel was dealt a bad hand. It's on AJ. I, I agree. Bomel has made some mistakes this season. I want to be clear with that. But yes, this is the roster construction has been an issue this season. Nelson Cruz didn't work out. Matt Carpenter hasn't worked out. He should be off the roster by the all-star or not the all-star break. Sorry. He should be off the roster by the trade deadline. There have been some moves that, yeah, have not worked out. And then you have Taylor Colway, you have Matthew Batten, you have Brandon Dixon, you have Ryan Weathers, you have Jackson Wolf starting a game. He didn't do terrible, I'm just saying. Jackson Wolf got called up from AA. You have Alec Jacob getting called up from AA. You just don't have the depth in, in AAA. You have, you're calling up guys from AA. And you got the fan base calling for Ethan Salas, who's like 16 or 17, I don't whatever his age is. The guy's playing in single A because of the catching situation, right? Austin Nola was the starting catcher. I know they tried for Christian Vasquez in the offseason, but it didn't work out. They don't they didn't go get someone else. And that's who you end up with. You keep Austin Nola as a starting catcher. I was fine with him being on the roster, but you have him as the starting catcher. And you have to bring in Gary. The Gary Sanchez move worked out to start, and it's it's been okay. That shows the depth too. Like you had to go out and get a guy, Gary Sanchez, who was, was he DFA'd by the Mets? I think he was. He was DFA'd by the Mets or yeah, claimed off waivers from the Padres, from the Mets by the Padres, I should say. Sorry. That shows it there too. Like, and that was a desperate move and they're lucky that that worked out really well for the first couple weeks. Right. So yeah, this is on, it's on the players. And it's on AJ for the most part, I think. We know AJ runs the show. Thank you, Dylan, for that. JT Snod says, Grish needs to be traded while he still has any value. But the value part, who's going to take him? What are you going to get back for Trent Grisham? Does another team view him as like, yes, this is the star of a trade? Do they view him as like that? Or do they view him as, no, that's a toss into a trade. You got to give us a prospect and yeah, you can toss Grish in there and we'll see what can happen. Right? 
Like the Padres with the crony move, Tommy Pham crony. Crony, they, the Padres will say they didn't view it as a throw-in, but the public looked at that as it's the Tommy Pham trade. Crony's just a throw-in. We'll see what happens. We didn't know much about him at all, and he ended up being the good piece in the trade, right? And the Padres, I think, won that deal, but that was because of Cronenworth, not because of Tommy Pham. Um, it would have to be a move like that, I would think. I don't think Grish is going somewhere as the main piece, and that team's going to be super excited about getting Trent Grisham. That's not going to happen. So how high is his trade value, I guess, is what I'm saying there, JT Snod. How, how high is it? I don't know. Uh, JD's third, AJ Tingler Preller. He loves saying this. AJ Tingler Preller is excellence. Peter Seidler. Yeah. Again, like I said, when that comment happened, did you need to drop that in there, Peter? You could have said, yeah, I believe in AJ. He's not going anywhere for this season, but you didn't have to drop in to me. AJ Preller is excellence. That took it too far. And now you dug your feet in. Maybe he already was going to dig his feet in anyway in his mind, even if he didn't say that. But now you dug your feet and it's like you can't get rid of the guy or else that's going to look really bad on you because you just said this guy, AJ, is excellence. It's kind of like Preller, how that looked bad on Preller when he fired Tingler, right? Because all right, it was the right move. But he said to Marty Caswell, like, less than two months earlier, I think, or less than a month earlier, yeah, I think this guy can manage for the Padres for the next decade. We envision him managing for the next decade. He didn't say that exactly, but that's what he said. Like, next decade. He, he views him as a decade-long manager. And then you fire him. That's what this would be with Seidler and Preller. Yeah. Excellence. I mean, again, Seidler has a better case of saying that based on his, based on how he judges A.J. Preller. He started judging at the start of 2020 but I'd love to have a boss that starts judging when I'm after five years into the job. Thank you for that super chat, JD's third. And then no name, generous super chat here. Thank you so much. As a compromise, would you be on board with Snell slash Hater to Texas for Owen White and Luis Angelo Acuna? Is that Acuna's brother? And trading Merrill to the Nationals for Lane Thomas, Heimer, Candelario, and relief pitching? No. The Merrill thing? No. Uh, Lane Thomas, doesn't that feel kind of like an Adam Frazier thing? Like, good year, but is he going to do that every year? Heimer Candelario, that is a rental. He's a free agent at the end of the season, I believe, right? And the Snell hater thing to Texas, Snell and hater, or just one of them? I'm fine with trading hater to Texas for that, yeah, because I don't think the Potters are going anywhere this year. And hater's not under long-term control. So yeah, I'm fine with the hater one. Hater to Texas. I don't know, to be honest, I'm not going to act like I know about Owen White and Luis Angelo, Luis Angel Acuna, whoever that is. Uh, but yeah, something like that. If those guys can be, if those, if one of those guys can help the Padres in 2024, then yeah, I'm on board because that's how the Padres got to look at this right now. 2023, feels like it's done. They're going to keep teasing us, I, I would bet. But for anyone that believes in this team, I, I think that's on you. You're just falling into that trap. I fell into it at the beginning of the year, but I'm out of that trap now. 
I'm not getting teased anymore. I'm not falling for them teasing us. Oh, they're maybe they're back. It's early. The talent's there. I mean, the talent, there's there's a reason why they play the games, right? Dodgers, by the way, they just traded for Ahmed Rosario from the Cleveland Guardians. So they just got more help. And here's another thing, right? Like, so thank you for the super chat, no name. The Dodgers, so they just trade for Ahmed Rosario. They're adding at the deadline, adding in a former all-star at the deadline. I think he was a former all-star, I think last year. They're adding that after losing Trey Turner. The Padres were supposed to win the Nash League West. People thought that they were the favorites. Maybe they go win the World Series. Some experts were saying the Padres are going to go to the World Series this year. Padres, Astros in the World Series. The Dodgers were the team that was supposed to take the step back because they were shedding payroll, getting ready for Otani in 2024. But guess what happened? The Dodgers still winning, regardless of the fact that they lost, excuse me, they lost Trey Turner. They lost Justin Turner. They lost Kike Hernandez, or at least to begin the season. Or I think they lost him at the beginning of last year. But you get the point. They lost guys. Walkie Brewer hasn't pitched yet this year. And the Padres gained guys. They gained back Fernando. Soto for a full season. Gained Xander Bogarts. Right? They have Hater for a full season. They bring back Robert Suarez. They bring back Nick Martinez. They add Seth Lugo. They add Michael Walker. They have Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell. And they're, the Padres are the team that took the step back. The Dodgers are the team that's still on top of the division. That's freaking frustrating. But that's baseball, right? And we're 30 minutes in, and I haven't really gotten to the other two games in this series. I haven't really talked a ton about today's game. It was really just the ending there. Seth Lugo pitched really well. Seven innings of work, three hits, two earned runs, no walks, eight punch-outs. He gave up a couple home runs, but he kept this Padres team in this game. He deserved to get the win in this game. You're facing the Pittsburgh Pirates. They went 1-5 against the Pirates this season. I mean, come on. Seven innings for Lugo. Pitched his butt off. And the Padres offense doesn't do anything for him. Really. The Manny RBI, that ball wasn't hit hard. There was kind of miscommunication from the Pirates there. And they converged and no one caught the ball. It just dropped in. That wasn't very convincing. But yeah, Tatis making a great play in right field. By the way, a tremendous play yesterday as well up against the pole uh, in the right corner, obviously. Is there padding on that thing? Because if there wasn't, man, that, that, that thing's all metal. And that had to hurt. But makes a great play there. Makes a great play today. One look on the warning track, jump and catch. Offense didn't get a runner at third base for the first, I think, eight innings, except for Kim that scored on the bloop single for Manny. The offense did nothing. And Tatis looked like, oh, I mean, this was the ultimate nut punch, wasn't it? Tatis, eighth inning, fly ball to center on the warning track. Looks like it might be gone off the bat. Don raises his voice, and it's a warning track ball. And the first batter of the ninth inning hits a home run off Robert Suarez, obviously. Gives them the two-run lead, which they ended up needing because they won by one over the Padres, right? And we obviously, I touched on the, the ninth with the Padres earlier. They're there. They're teasing you. 3-1 game to start the inning. 3-2. 
Grish is up, bases loaded, could go win the game, has the potential, has the power potential. We know he stepped up big in some moments in the postseason, and he strikes out. Game over, lose the series, one and five against the Pirates this season. Just teasing you. Could be this good, could be. Have some good offensive games, and then this is what happens. So I'm not falling for it anymore, and I don't think other Padres fans should be falling for it either. Tuesday, so they win 5-1, but it's a lot, It's lot. this is like a lot of Padre games this season. Don't feel like talking about this game a whole lot because of what happened the other two games of the series. Good. Scored five runs. Manny homered. Gary homered. Soto homered. Gary had another RBI single. Cool. Snell found a way to get out of jams over 100 pitches. Six innings, just one earned run. Guy leads the the ER leads Major League Baseball in ERA. That's great, cool. But what they do in the first game sucked. Gave up eight runs to the Pirates. What they do in this game today lost. Just inconsistency or being consistently maddening, if I'll put it that way, right? Yeah, so I don't really feel like talking about Tuesday's game a whole lot. I, I know I got a hit on what happened there with Soto and Manny, and I will right here. But yeah, Tuesday, it's like, well, kind of forget that one because the first two or the first game and the last game of this series are the ones that really stick out. So seventh inning, Soto, top of the seventh, makes a game-saving catch, which was huge in the moment because it was a one-run game. Steven Wilson on the mound. If that ball gets by him, those two runs score. Pirates take the lead. Who knows what the heck happens because this team lacks being clutch consistently this season. So maybe they lose the game and they get swept by the Pirates and don't win a game against the Pirates all year, but at least they won. Makes the catch. That was huge. And then hits a bomb in the bottom of the seventh to give the Padres some insurance. Sanchez added on. So that was great. And... Angel Perdomo on the mound decides to hit Manny first pitch. I think it was first pitch. First batter right after Soto goes yard. And you can't tell me that that was on accident. It slipped. It got away from me. I think that's what Angel Perdomo said there. 98 square in the back. That got away. Look where the catcher was sitting up. He was setting up down the middle, it looked like. And 98 to the back? Eh, it got away. Really? It got away? Come on. And I'm proud of Manny for not charging the mound because he knows, like, this team needs me. I can't get ejected out of this game. I can't get suspended for tomorrow in the start of the Rangers series. So he didn't charge the mound, but he obviously wasn't happy getting getting hit by a 98-mile-per-hour fastball in the back. That's probably not going to feel good, right? But he stayed in there. I did a breakdown on that that you can go watch on the YouTube channel if you have not already. Um, but that, that was on purpose. And Manny had some funny comments after the game. It was really like a one-liner that was funny. And he, he was thinking what we were all thinking. What Mud was thinking. Well, Mud, Mud said, just throw a better pitch. Manny was like, and this is via Darn A Trip, NBC7. You give up a bomb like that, I would be mad too. I'm not going to lie. But you don't hit someone. 
You don't hit a guy square in the back on the next pitch. Go strike out Manny Machado, you know, end the trouble instead of allowing him to reach base. Yeah, maybe the Nick Martinez one got away. That's that's the one that actually got away from Nick. Not the 98 fastball right to Machado's back when the catcher's setting up like down the middle. So I understand Derek Shelton. So he got suspended one game. Perdomo got suspended three, I believe. I understand Shelton going out there because he was pissed off that there was no warning issued. And so, yeah, I understand him being mad about that. But, I mean, it was pretty intentional. It it was pretty obvious. It looked intentional. So I'm okay with no warning being issued there. Now, if if this was the Padres doing it, if it was like Luis Garcia or Austin Adams back in the day, a couple years ago, and he hit someone and there was no warning, we'd probably be pissed off. But the Pirates were the ones that got uh, penalized for it. and. As a Padres fan, it's like, I don't want him doing that again. If it did get away, I don't want him, I don't want him in the game. I don't want if you can't control your pitch there, you made a good enough pitch for the Padres. The the pitch before, you can't throw that again. Just throw a better pitch. Strike out, Manny. Do your talking that way. Get back at the Padres that way instead of doing that. Um, Monday, Darvish really struggled four and a third innings, four home runs that he allowed seven earned runs, three walks, three punch outs. And Monday that kind of felt like, all right, this is the nail in the coffin. You're facing, you said a bad loss to the Tigers. You're facing the Pittsburgh Pirates at home, long road trip. You get back pack Petco park and that happens. You get blown out like that. That felt like the nail in the coffin, but then they went, obviously, you know, they tease you on Tuesday and now today feels like the nail in the coffin because you were so close. Could have won the series there. So close, good pitching performance and just can't get there quite enough, you know, just can't do quite enough. Um, But yeah, Darvish, I mean, four home runs and maybe you should say, Maybe some people thought like Darvish was left in too long, but first game of the series, who are you going to put in there? You want Pedro Avila to go in the game like he did. Bomell's probably expecting the, the the lead to increase instead of stay where it's at if you put Pedro Avila in the game. So he wasn't going to do that. And he likes trusting his starting pitchers, especially when it's you, Darvish. You know, this isn't, uh, Jackson Wolf that we're talking about, right? It's you, Darvish. So he's going to trust him. And it just kept getting bad, kept getting worse. Breaking balls hung over the middle of the plate. Former Padre prospect, homering Jack Sawinski. Carlos Santana. If the Padres are buying, maybe be open to Carlos Santana. Um, Because he has five home runs, I think, against the Padres this season. I think Dennis Lynn tweeted that out. Six games against the Padres, five home runs, 12 home runs, I think, overall this year. So, you know how Gary hit really well against Blake Snell? Maybe have that happen with with um, Carlos Santana. Now, I don't want them to buy, so unless it's like a long-term guy. 
But yeah, Carlos Santana, 12 home runs this year. And five are off of the Padres, I believe. But yeah, just you look up, you know, you're having a conversation. And, you know, the pitch clock, right? I got to have my attention on the field. And you look up and it's like, oh, there's another ball going out. I was sitting down the right field, right field corner pretty much. And it's like, oh, okay. There's another bomb. Oh, there's another bomb. There's Tatis running back to the warning track. That's gone. Oh, there's Soto running back to the wall. Oh, that's gone. A guy I've never heard of, by the way. Pagero? Who the hell is that dude? Never heard of that guy. Um, yeah. So that Monday sucked. And then Tuesday, obviously, Snell pitches tremendously well. Great trade piece that the Padres have. Are they going to take advantage of that? Don't know. I I I think they should. Unless they think they can get an extension done. If you think you can get an extension done, then obviously you try for it because you do need starting pitching for next season. Um, And Snell does like it here. I just don't want to overpay for Blake Snell because I think he's a Boris client. He's this close to free agency. A team will be willing to pay him a lot of money. He's, I mean, he leads the league in base. It leads the league in ERA. Leads all of baseball in ERA among starting pitchers, I believe. Qualified starting pitchers. Six innings of work, one earned run, 12 walks combined in the last two outings, but two runs allowed combined in the last two outings. Like he's finding a way to get out of those jams. So I love seeing Blake Snell pitch for the Padres, but they're not winning enough games for me to fully enjoy it and be like, yeah, Blake, it's win day. No, when Blake's on the mound, it's not like you can sit there and be like, it is totally wind day. They won on Tuesday, but I mean, look at the Toronto game, the starting, the start before that. Did they win that game? When Blake, despite seven walks, kept the Padres offense in the game, did they win that? No. So it kind of brings me back to like Hater. You know, Hater, I, I, I hit on earlier. Well, what's the point of having him on the team if you're not putting yourself in a situation to use him consistently? Obviously, Snell's different because he's a starter. You're going to use him consistently. But what's the point of him being on this team this close to free agency? You can get something back for him if you're not going to win every game that he starts. And even if you win every game that he starts, how much of an effect is that having on the team if you're just going to be up and down the rest of the season? You're going to miss the postseason and you're going to be under 500. What's the point of having Blake win once every five days? What's the point? Right? It sucks to be in this mentality of selling, but this team doesn't deserve to be this buyer. It doesn't. So, disappointing series. You're facing the Pittsburgh freaking Pirates. They suck against any team not named the Padres. Good start to the season, but they're not good. Before the the first series in Pittsburgh, they had lost 13 of their last 17, I think. No, no, no. That was before this series. Before this series, they lost 13 of their last 17, I think. Before the first Pittsburgh series, they were 1-12 in their last 13 games, and they sweep the Padres. I mean, these two series right there should just show you, like, you know, losing the Royal series, losing these series, 1-5. Going two and seven in a stretch against the Nats, the Pirates, and the Reds. There's just too many 
different points you could point to and be like, well, look at that point during this season. Did that, did that team right there, that current group, deserve to be a buyer? No. How about the team now? No. How about the team then in that stretch where they lost to the Twins, they lost to the Dodgers, right? Melvin calls out the team and they still lose. Does that team deserve? No, like no Padres team this year has deserved to be a buyer. The five and one before the all-star break, again, that's teasing. Because what happened out of the all-star break? They lose three out of four. They go five and five on their most crucial 10-game road trip of the season. Their most crucial road trip, just period of the season, based on how close they are to the deadline. And they go five and five. Finding ways to lose games. They don't deserve to be this big buyer. You went all in, Peter and AJ, but it didn't work. Go all in next year, but it didn't work this year. It's okay. Well, it's not okay, but you get my point. Like, don't make it worse. I've said that on the show. Don't make it worse. All right, quick break, and then I'll get to the chat. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. Actually, before I get to the chat, just some other notes that I have here that I wanted to at least mention before maybe I go off on a tangent on someone's comment or question and I just forget. Jose Castillo was traded to the Miami Marlins earlier this week. He was DFA'd from the Padres last week. Disappointing tenure for Jose Castillo. Didn't really stay on the field. I mean, promising rookie year, I guess. But Padres probably thought they were going to get more out of him at the big league level and just didn't. And so that was disappointing. They got him in the Will Myers trade from the Tampa Bay Rays. And so he actually lasted longer in the organization than Will did, but uh, there was just too many injuries for Jose. So it sucks that that didn't work out, but he was traded for cash considerations. Alden Gonzalez, Hader and Snell expected to remain Padres. That report came out, I believe, on Monday on ESPN. But does the series loss to the Pirates, if they lose the series to the Rangers, or if they win the series, like they'll be around 500 for the week. Does that change the Padres plans? Do they still want to buy if they win the Rangers series? If they lose the Rangers series, does Peter say, nope, AJ, you're selling now. When are they going to see that the writing seems like it's on the wall? You know, maybe it's not in Sharpie, but it's on the wall. If you, if that makes sense, like when are they going to see that? Or are they just not going to see it through August 1st? Which, that would be irritating if they don't see it. Um, but that was Monday. And since then, they lost a series to the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, the same thing has continued. The inconsistency has continued. And how about look at the big sample size of this year? Don't look at the sample size of a week. Don't look at the sample size of three games this weekend if they sweep the Rangers. Don't look at that. Look at the big sample size. What has this Padres team been most of this season? Look at that. Um, anything else here? Uh, oh, Soto. So didn't start today. Came in, pinch hit, walked. Um, again, I was fine with where Soto pinch hit there. Totally fine with it. Soto, I saw this from Darren Smith. He wasn't on his show today, obviously. Um, if you were listening, he... Uh, couldn't really talk. He posted that video on Twitter. So wishing the best to Darren. 
as he's dealing with that. Um, but he tweeted earlier this morning, entering today, Juan Soto leads the Padres in on-base percentage, OPS, OPS+, plus, runs driven in, total bases, runs scored, home runs tied with Manny, and games played. He's played in every game, which leads baseball. 103 games now because he technically played in today's game. He is the best offensive player based on stats. And some are calling it a down year for Soto. Some, I guess, well, I've seen some on social media be irritated about others being irritated with Juan, thinking that he should do something, maybe have more power, or maybe they're sick of the walks. I don't know. But yeah, Soto has been someone that has been huge for this Padres team. Slow start. I mean, I did a breakdown earlier this year about what's wrong with Juan Soto. Why is he continuing to pull balls? He was off, but he's back. And he has a over 900 OPS. Like, he's been great. It's not about one player. There are some that had the viewpoint, why is Soto sitting? You have an off day tomorrow. Why is he sitting? You got to win these games. And I understand that. But it's not about one player. Would the Padres have won this game if Soto was hitting every at-bat? Maybe, maybe. But they had opportunities to win this game without him, and they didn't. And with him in the lineup, they still have a losing record. With him playing, they have a losing record. With him playing in every game this year, guess what? Their record is what it is. It's 49-54, and 54, five games under 500. So Soto is a difference maker. I'm not saying he's not. But... Let's not put all the attention on just, oh, Juan Soto didn't play today. He's got to play. That was the reason why. We got to put it on some other guys here. Like I said earlier, there was like one guy that reached third base today before that ninth inning, Kim, who scored on a bloop single. That probably should have been a pop-up by Manny. Manny was just putting the ball in play. Inconsistency from this offense. Disappointing performance today from this offense. Tatiso for three, Manny one for four, Bogarts one hit, one for two with a walk. Uh, Campy one for four. So one, two, three, and four hitters, they at least got a hit. But bottom of the lineup you look at, Crony, Sanchez, Soto, Soto wasn't, not technically an at-bat. Crony, Sanchez, Colway, Grisham. Combined to go 0-4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 0 for 13, the bottom of the lineup, 0 for 13. And JD's third, he I, I, I'll i get to the top of the lineup here because he likes to get on the top of the lineup because he thinks that some people are, you know, criticizing Carpenter too much instead of the Stars. The Stars combined to go 2 for, uh, and I say the two, three, four hitters, Tatis, Manny, and Bogarts combined to go two for nine today, which isn't great. Tatis did not have a good series offensively. Almost hit a home run today, but results are the results. So it ended up being just a fly out. What did he end up going in this series? Tatis ended up going 0 for three today, 0 for, or 1 for four yesterday, and 0 for four. So one for, was that one for 11 in this series that he went? He provided an impact on the defensive side, of course. Um, but 
Yay. You want more out of Fernando when you're playing the Pittsburgh Pirates, for sure. Results-wise. Because that's what matters at the end of the day. When you're five games under 500, the results matter. Win-losses. Those matter. By the way, following up on that, Ahmed Rosario, now this isn't Padres, but so Dodgers get Ahmed Rosario and the Guardians got Noah Syndergaard. So Syndergaard and is that it? Just Syndergaard? He's on the IL right now, and he sucked with the Dodgers, so it has to be more than that, right? I think. I'm not seeing anything else, so maybe not. I don't really understand that if you're the Guardians, but okay. Um, Anything else to get to here? I'll get to the San Diego sports stuff later. I want to get to you guys, get to the chat. Yeah, I think that's it. Just continue to be disappointed. Some stars disappointing this season. Just overall, the offense, too inconsistent. Not good enough. Yeah, just saw this, Michael. Sorry. Dodgers traded center guard. Thank you for the super chat. Dodgers traded center guard for Rosario. Yeah, I don't really understand that from... I know this is Padres, but... That just came down. I don't understand that from the Guardian's point of view. There has to be something more to that trade, right? Or are they going to make another deal to acquire a middle infielder? Oh, my bad. Okay. I didn't. Oh, wait. Yeah. He's a free agent at the end of the season. That makes more sense. Okay. But you would think that they would want someone other than Noah Syndergaard. A guy that has a seven plus ERA, I think. Yeah, that's weird. I would think another prospect has to be there. There's something that we don't know. Like they're going to get someone else in a trade that would make sense because the Guardians, they don't have a high payroll, right? So do they have a prospect coming up? I, I'm not, I don't follow the guardians day in day out so i apologize for not knowing but now it makes more sense swapping one-year contracts it looks like dodgers they're trying to win guardians they're not going to yeah but the trade deadline it's coming up coming up we'll see i feel like i have this weird feeling that aj is gonna make a weird trade he's gonna make multiple deals i think and it's gonna be a weird deal. Like some player that's not being discussed on the major league roster is going to get dealt. And it's going to be like, huh? Okay, let's move on. Not a star, but you know, someone that's not being discussed. And it's like, okay, someone wanted that guy. All right. What'd you get back? Okay. Never heard of that guy, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I just got that feeling. All right. Let's go to the chat here. There's a lot of chats in here. So, again, I apologize if I can't get to all of them. I've gotten to all the super chats. I will get to all of the super chats. 
So if you want to make sure I get your comment or your question, use that super chat button. It supports the channel. So I appreciate that very much to anyone that does that. Love talking with Padres fans. So let's do it. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. Okay. I started at the top of the chat, so I'm going to scroll all the way up and I'm going to try to see where I left off last. Devin asks, are Preller and Sider watching the games with a blurred vision with their prescription glasses? How do they think the team is a buyer? Because I think they don't want to admit failure. They don't want to admit that the season was a horrible disaster. And Sider's just the most optimistic person on the planet. So he's going to still believe in the talent that his like son put on the roster. Because he loves, he loves AJ. AJ's excellence while the team was under 500 and having a terrible road trip. That's when he dropped that line. And I love Peter. He's done a lot of things. Great things. I love him being the chairman, the owner of this franchise. But I think this AJ thing, he's a little blind to it. AB says, Soto is not re-signing here. That's already known in MLB circles. He needs to be traded now. Well, Okay, so they could get more back for Soto if they trade him now, but trading Soto, how does that help you for 2024? You're going to get back a package that is going to help you win in 2024 more than how Juan Soto's going to help you win in 2024 or has the potential to help you win in 2024. You're not getting back a better hitter than Juan Soto. It's not happening. And the Padres, they still want to go win next year. I think Peter wants to try to go win with Juan Soto next year and risk losing him, then trading him, and not in and having that what if. What if we had Juan Soto in 2024 and we don't we end up falling just short of the World Series or something? You know? I I don't think it, I, I don't think they should trade Juan Soto right now. I think that you have extension talks and see where it goes in the offseason. And if it doesn't go anywhere, maybe you think about dealing him, but even then, probably not. Because I, I, I think you try to go win next year. Just because this year's not working out doesn't mean next year can't. JD's third asks, can we criticize this team now without the hate? It's very simple. Trade Snell, Kim, Hater, Lugo, and Soto. Running this back in 2024 would be insanity and madness. Absolute lunacy. Well, no, you can criticize this team for sure, J.D.'s third. You can do whatever you want. Uh, I, I can disagree with some things that you say, some things that other fans say. But no, 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 I agree with you criticizing this team now for sure. Yeah, you should criticize them. This is a failure for sure. Uh, trade Snell, okay, I'm on board with. Trade Hater, I'm on board with. I'd still like to see them work out, ex- try for an extension with Snell, team friendly, see what happens. If he rejects, okay, then you can trade him. I don't think they're going to trade Snell. Should and what they will do are two different things. Uh, but yeah, trade Snell, okay. Trade Kim. Um, I mean, he's one of the best Padres players this year, and he's only getting better. But if they want to have Bogarts at short still next year, you have Crony move him back to second because his value isn't great at first. Bring in a bat at first base next year. I could see them trading Kim. One year left of control. Um, well, it would be if they trade him this deadline, pennant, two pennant races, 
but do the Padres want to do that? Do they want to try for an extension with Kim? I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense because they have the crony extension. They have Bogarts on a contract. They have Manny on a contract. They have Merrill coming up. So I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but there are things the Padres have done that didn't make a whole lot of sense. They've done that, you know, so can't put it at a 0% chance, I guess. Uh, Kim, I would not deal him yet unless you get blown away with a package. Lugo, I'd be fine with dealing. Um, he's had a good year. Trade him while he's healthy. Snell, I'd be fine. And Hater, I'd be fine. Soto, no. And Kim, probably not. But the Padres, they probably want to bring in a better first base bat in the offseason. And I, I don't think they, I don't know if Bogarts is going to be too receptive to moving to first base next season if that's what they want to do and have Crony back at second. And if they move Bogarts to first, don't trade Kim. You have him at short. You have Crony at second, Bogarts at first. Is, is that changing the offense? No, those are the same players. So. A Kim trade, I think, is possible. Not Maybe not this deadline. I don't see it happening this deadline, but I think it's possible, but I, I, I probably wouldn't do it because, again, I'm trying to win next year too, and Kim can help you do that. Irie says, no sense in getting rentals. You can wait till the offseason. Irie's big on CJ Crone. Pick up C.J. Crone and Bellinger if you want. I think those guys would fit perfectly in the lineup, but we need players through 2024. I agree. Um, I don't know about Bellinger and Crone, but um, I agree with the rental part. It, yeah, don't get rentals. That's idiotic. Saul says, was Carpenter not available today? I'm assuming you're talking about for Colway? What situation? I don't know what situation, but why would you have Carpenter pinch it? I think we've seen enough from Matt Carpenter. Okay, I'm good. I'd rather have Taylor Colway up there than Matt Carpenter, to be honest. Which is that sucks to say, but that's where we're at. Uh, Dodgers fan here says, to be honest, you guys have a hell of a team, but in reality, Machado, Tatis, and Soto think they're better than the next guy in that team, and that affects the team. So, like, depth, I think, is what he's saying here. Or this guy, or this woman. Um, well, yeah, depth is an issue. And I think that you're not the only fan from another team that's going to sit there and be like, you guys have a hell of a roster. But if you watch the team every day, it's like, do we? Like, There's star talent there, but what's after that? Is it really that hell? Is it really a hell of a roster? I don't know. So some things need to change in the offseason. The roster construction needs to get better. JD's third says, imagine walking in a run with the bases loaded as a strategy to win the game. Masterclass by the Pirates. Yeah, they walk Soto. Not Well, Bednar walked him. He couldn't really control it. They could have just gave him the four if, if Bednar didn't, if the Pirates didn't want to actually face him. 
Uh, but yeah, walk Soto and you end up getting Cole and Grish. I would do that for sure. I would take those chances. Rocky's owner laughing at us. I mean, yeah, for, for this year, he seems right. The Rockies owner member before the year, I don't 100% agree with what the Padres are doing. Even Rob Manfred was not praising the Padres all the way. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Don't you want teams spending money? If you're the commish, you want the Padres spending money. You should be applauding that. But yeah, Dick Monfort. I mean, I'm not saying I want to have Dick Monfort as my owner. I don't. I want Peter Seiler as my owner. But uh, yeah, the money that has been spent, some of it has not been spent wisely or spent well. Looking at it in hindsight. Um, just going through the chat here. There's a lot of comments. Some of these comments were like 40 minutes ago, so I'm behind obviously, but I like giving my thoughts on everything and then giving the floor to you. Irie says the thing about Blake is he is a strong lefty and they are hard to come by. If we do sell him, I hope we get him in free agency. Um, I mean, yeah, I feel like that would be the ideal thing, but I, I don't want to overpay for Snell. Like, great personality. He's pitching really well. He's great to have on your team when he's pitching well, but, yeah, he can be a headache when he's not, right? But he's super talented. I just don't want to give him Carlos Rodon money. You know how Carlos Rodon got all that money from the Giants? Or not from the Giants, from the Yankees. Pitched good with the Giants and on the platform year and got that money from the Yankees, I don't want to do that with Snell. If it's team-friendly and he's fine with taking a little bit of a discount, okay, but I don't want to overpay for the guy. And if they trade Snell and sign him back, I'd be more happy with that, obviously, than writing it out and signing him in free agency because it's the best of both worlds. You got something back for him when this year's not happening. It, the success isn't there, and you can get him back. But he's the best starting pitcher out there on the market for next year, or for, for this offseason, other than Otani. Him and Stroman are right there, so they're going to get paid. Padres are going to have competition. If they want to bring back Snell, they're going to have it. So that feels like overpay. Written all over it. Do you want to do that? If you're Peter Seidler, probably not. Um, just going through the chat here still. JT Snod says, just need to move Grish off of center field to open up for Tatis. Yeah, I, I feel like that's going to come at some point. But again, when is it going to come? Is it going to come because Grish, the Padres find a trade partner for Grish? Is it going to come when Grish's contract runs out with the Padres? 
which still, by the way, has two more years on it past this year. Is that when it's going to come? Like, I don't know when it's going to come. Is next season, are they going to be fine with having Grish just be a bench outfielder if he's still on the roster? They have Tatis in center. They bring in a bigger bat, a better bat to play right. I don't know. It kind of feels like the Potters are stuck with Grish for now. For this season. Like, how high is his value? And maybe the Padres want to wait till he can get his value up, but I just feel like if they're waiting for that, I wouldn't hold my breath. In terms of like waiting for to get something back in a trade that they think is good for Grish, you know? Like they think that they can get something back for Grish that teams just aren't willing to give. Maybe that's their stance on this, and they're just waiting and waiting and waiting. But there's no, there, there's not a whole lot of depth in the outfield in this farm system. You know, they, they traded Hassel and Wood. And that wasn't even depth because they weren't going to be ready for this year. That was more in the future. But like they traded top outfield guys last season for Soto. So if they trade Grish, you're going to have Tatis playing center, Soto in left, and you're going to have Colway playing right field the rest of the year. And you're selling low probably on Grish. Dylan says, I can't wait for Blake Snell and Josh Hader to pitch meaningless games in September. That's that's what's going to happen, it feels like, if those two stay. It would be the most Padres thing ever if we sweep Texas and the fan base starts to believe again, only to get swept by Colorado and, and the Dodgers the week after. Yep. Yeah, I'm not... If if the Padres sweep Texas, I'm not going to have my hopes up and be like, oh, maybe they're back. I'm going to say, well, this team's probably buying or they're going to stand pat. But I'm not getting my hopes up. They're going to have to go on an extended run for me to get hopes up, my hopes up. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. So my hopes aren't going to get up. I'm not going to fall into that. That trap. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Lizzie says, kind of knew when Seidler and Preller made weird offseason signings like Bogarts and Carpenter. Uh, then the really slow start and sucking with runners in scoring position, no depth, hope for a fun season, but I knew I knew it was not to be, I think is what Lizzie's trying to say. Yeah, so the Bogarts contract, when that first happened, I knew the back end, yeah, not going to look good. Over, You overpaid for Bogarts, but I was excited about the move, and I think the majority of the fan base was excited that they landed Xander Bogarts. The Matt Carpenter one? I think that some people in the fan base, including myself, was like, okay, we were hoping that he would be able to replicate what he did with the Yankees last year. And hopefully he just doesn't get hurt. And we were kind of intrigued by, oh, the veteran combo, Carpenter, Cruz. But obviously in hindsight, it's like you're getting a 42-year-old in Nelson Cruz, and you're getting a guy that, let's look back at the seasons, hasn't been good for a while. Right. If you take out 2022, which you can't if you're the Padres because you were banking that that was going to be Matt Carpenter for this season. But if you take that out, look what he's done. 2020, 186 average. Batting average isn't everything, but it tells part of the story. 169 average in 2021. And so far this year, he's hitting 166. 22 was the, the outlier, hit 305. But that was shortened, 47 games. And he got hurt. So, yeah, they probably should have looked at the bigger sample size instead of getting um, sucked in, if you will, you know, believing in what just happened. Sound familiar? What the Padres might do if they have a good series against the Rangers? JD's third in all caps. Otani will never come to this organization ever. I don't think he's coming, but I'm not going to say it's a 0% chance, but that's an off-season thing. He's not getting traded here for sure. No Name asks, why wouldn't Kim re-sign? The fans love him here. It's not about that. It's about the fit. Like, Crony's going to be here, Bogarts is going to be here, Manny's going to be here. That's three of the four spots in the infield. And Merrill's coming up, and I don't see the Padres trading him. He's untouchable right now, as far as we know. So he's going to come up, play infield, maybe. You could give Kim a contract 
And then you have Merrill transition to the outfield, but it feels like Merrill's going to be in the infield. And so it's musical chairs. Music stops, and Merrill's found a seat, and Kim hasn't. That's what it feels like is going to happen. Bogarts, Manny, and Merrill have a seat, and Crony, and Kim is standing while the music stops, when it stops, you know? And he's getting better every year. Now, when you get better every year, at some point, like, you're not going to get better. Like, it, there's a ceiling there. Um, but he's been one of the bright spots of this Padre season, for sure. David asks, if Preller signed Cronoworth and Bogarts, does that mean Preller planned on trading Kim from the beginning? Did Kim ruin his plan by overperforming? Well, no, here, David, if if Kim overperformed, doesn't that play right into Preller's plan? If you're saying that he planned to trade Kim from the beginning, it would be great to trade Kim right now because he's at his highest value, right? Two pennant races for a team. If you trade Kim before this deadline, I don't think they will, but I'm just saying like for your question, if Preller always planned to do it, it would be, it would be great for his plan. Um, I think that at some, I think whether it was a trade or free agency, you know, with Merrill coming up, I think Preller realized that like at some point, Kim's not going to be here anymore. Like he's not going to get that big contract. I think he realized that. Yeah. Odd man out. Yep. Yeah, Matt. Holy cow. Five and 25 the Pirates were against all non-Padres teams the last 30 games. Five and one against the Padres, though. Jeez Louise. Walter says, biggest disappointment in MLB history. Is it the Padres or the Mets? Because I think Mets fans would say it's the Mets. They have the bigger payroll. They brought in Justin Verlander. Over 100 wins last year, and they have a worse record than the Padres do, don't they? It's definitely the most disappointing uh, team in Padres history. The Mets are 47 and 53, Padres are 49 and 54. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how the records stack up. But I think the Padres had more star power on their team. Edwin Diaz got hurt at the beginning of the year. Padres had Tatis coming back, they didn't have Hader get hurt. Um, so you can make the case the Padres are more disappointing than the Mets. Cardinals were very disappointing, but the Padres had more talent. They had more superstar talent than the, the Cardinals, right? So I can definitely make a case that the, even though the Mets have the higher payroll, the Padres are the more disappointing team. But yeah, it's it sucks. Austin says, Ben is actually good at talking about this. Someone across the aisle literally broke his glasses during his stream. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, am I good at talking about this? I don't know. I'm literally just looking at your comments and just talking. Sometimes I don't even know what I say. I just give my thoughts. Maybe I go on a rant. Maybe I go off on a tangent. Sometimes, and I know this, I repeat things. And so maybe that irritates some people, but I am just talking. I'm just talking, and if you like it, that's great. If you don't, okay. But I'm I'm talking to Padres fans. I'm trying to act like I'm having a conversation with you Padres fans, and sometimes I don't even know what I say. So 
Am I good at it? I don't know. I just know I love the Padres. I love San Diego sports, and I am blessed to have a following here uh, where I can share my love of San Diego sports with you guys. Um, let's see here. Continuing to go through the chat. Kevin says the main four guys have been putting up great numbers in July and the starters have been good, but what's the record in July? Well, I can look that up for you actually. Month of July. The Padres are 12 and nine. Yeah. So it takes a whole team. It's not just the star players. It takes the whole team. Irie says if they trade Snell and Hader for some prospects that will be ready in a couple years, I'm going to be pissed. I, I, I don't know how much. I, yes. I'd be disappointed because I want this team, if they do trade those guys, to go get someone that will help this team for 2024. Make it, they're probably going to, they're going to get a prospect back probably, but get someone that we know back in this trade, okay? Like get someone back we know. And don't have it be a 2023 rental. Yes, get someone back that will help the team for next year, at least. Yes. Um, I will be disappointed if that happens, Irie. Chris says, will the Dodgers get Arenado? I sure freaking hope not. Jeez Louise. Uh, I hope not. It's already bad enough we're not a postseason team. See the Dodgers win the division and go get Nolan Arenado? Jeez Louise. Have to have him back in this division? No thanks. The Cardinals aren't, I, I don't think the Cardinals are trading Goldschmidt or Arenado. So that's the good news. Uh, Blue Eye kind of already addressed the Grisham stuff. I mean, looking at his overall numbers this season, if we want to go over his overall numbers, this is baseball reference, so it hasn't been updated through today. But entering today, below average OPS plus, 709 OPS, not great. 319 on base percentage, 10 home runs. He's hitting 211. Wars under two. Um, he's been good defensively, I think. Doesn't have the best arm, though. And he's hitting ninth a lot. So, yeah, not a great season from Trent. I was hoping for more. But I don't think the fan base had super high expectations for him, though. And I, I just wonder when Trent will be gone. I'm not, I'm not – I don't know if I'm to the point where I'm like, Trent needs to be gone. I'm so freaking sick and tired of Trent. I'm not – like. I love watching him play center field. And if other guys in this lineup, most of the other guys were hitting better, I don't think it would be that big of an issue. Uh, but I, I just don't know if Trent's going to reach his ceiling offensively with the Padres. Austin says, get rid of haters, Snell, keep him so you can extend. Okay, so get rid of Hader on, on board, and I get the Snell thinking. 
I think Snell is, if I had to keep one, Snell's the guy to keep. Uh, because I think there's a better chance at extending him or bringing him back in free agency. Um, but do you, so you don't want to get something back for snow when this year is not going to end in a world series. You don't want to get something back for him. And what if he doesn't want to sign an extension because he's so close to free agency, which is in his right. He's a Boris client. So you're willing to risk him not signing an extension, not getting anything back for him, and him go to another team. I don't know about that. I'd still trade both. I would. And if you want to try to bring back Snell in free agency, sign me up. But now, not overpay. I'm not signing up for that. But if you want to try to bring him back in free agency, all right. But to keep him... And risk not getting anything back. I'm. I don't want to do that. And with Snell, here's the point that I was because when I went to this comment, Austin, I read it and then totally forgot the point. My main point I wanted to make there was how many more extensions can you give? Bogarts, Tatis, Crony, Musgrove, Darvish, Manny. That's a lot of money tied up to those guys. You already have two guys locked down in the rotation. You're going to give another one to Snell, who you'd have to probably overpay because he is pitching amazing going into his free agent year with Boris as his agent. Do you want to do that? There's We've seen a lot of inconsistencies over the year from Snell. You want to give a lot of money, more money to Snell than you did to Darvish? more than you did to Musgrove because that's what's going to have to happen because of how well Snell's pitching here on this platform here, this walk here. How many more extensions can you do? You're just going to keep handicapping yourself, right? Alex Rodriguez, don't think this is the real A-Rod. Why can't we keep Soto? I think they can, but does Soto want to be here? I think that's a question that you got to ask. Does his Is his mindset on free agency? That's something you got to ask. Does he want to go back to the East Coast? And will the Padres out, outbid the Giants or the Dodgers or the Cubs or the Mets? I'm, I'm just throwing out teams. The Phillies. Will they outbid those teams for Soto if he reaches free agency? So they can keep him, but there's a lot of questions on that. Like, does he want to be here? How much money does he want? Is Scyther willing to do that? Again, to another guy? Um, are they going to get outbid by a team? Is it about the money or is it about winning for Soto? What is it? So they can keep them, but right now I wouldn't put the chances very high at them keeping Juan Soto.
Just going through the chat here, continuing to go through the chat. I'm not going to get to everyone here because my laptop is down a little bit. And I want to get to the San Diego sports stuff here. U.S. Women's National Team plays in a half hour. <laughs> really want to watch that. Um, but I'm just getting trying to get to the main points. Molokai asks, Ben, why would Major League Baseball want San Diego and the Mets to do well? Think about it. Because those are two teams that have superstars, and you want your superstars playing in the postseason. Those are two teams that care about winning in terms of the money spent. That's why. Because you want to encourage the other clubs to do well. Now, do the Rays want them to do well? No. because, Or you know, the, the small market teams? No. Does John Fisher want them to do well? Does Dick Monfort want them to do well? No because they don't want to spend money. They view it as a business. But no, Major League Baseball should want those, should want teams like the Potters and Mets to do well. Because I think Major League Baseball wants, should want free agency to be very entertaining and teams to be spending money and a bunch of teams trying to win instead of saying, well, there's a bunch of wild card spots and we're not going to spend a bunch of money. Let's hope we play well, maybe outperform expectations. We can be a postseason team and our fan base will be happy. You know, I, I hope Major League Baseball is mad that the Padres and Mets aren't doing well. Chad says, this franchise is a complete dumpster fire. Was that the game today? Heartbreaking to see a full row of young kids behind us screaming the whole game for the offense to do something. Yeah, that's what I think Padre fans were screaming from their couch today who were watching or maybe they were watching at the office for work or whatever. Yeah. Didn't do a whole lot. Like I said earlier, Kim was the only guy that reached third before the ninth inning, and that was on a, that bloop single by Manny. I think that's what it was. Didn't do a whole lot, and, and Lugo pitched his butt off. Should have been in a spot to go get that win, and the offense just didn't do anything. Chat says the Padres account for 95% of the Pirates' wins in the last six weeks. Jeez Louise, that's embarrassing. No Name says, I mean, Padres are breaking attendance records, so why wouldn't Seidler be happy with Preller at the moment? Okay, that's fair business-wise, but Seidler is a fan of the team. I saw someone say that Siler doesn't care. He only cares about the money. That's not true. I, I, I'm, I think they're going to be losing money this year with the whole Bally stuff. They're not going to be in the postseason. I wouldn't think there's a lot of money that comes in there for home games. So I think they're losing money this season. It's not only about the money for Siler. He really does care about the team. Steve Cohen cares about the Mets. They've spent a bunch of money. Just things haven't worked out this year. Sometimes that's just what happens. And it sucks, especially when one of those teams that spend a bunch of money is your team that you love so much. But that's just what it is. And Is this payroll going to be this high next year? Probably not. But Sidler's going to keep spending. He cares. He wants to bring a World Series so badly to this, this city. And he's just a super optimistic guy. And he probably looks at the roster going into the year and was excited and read all, ES, all the ESPN stuff and MLB Network, the experts saying Padres in the World Series, and it was like, this is the same guy that built this roster. It's the player's fault. 
They got to do better. And he loves AJ. So AJ can walk into his office, it seems like, and convince him to do anything. So I get the point, no name, about the breaking attendance. So why would why wouldn't Siler be happy? Because the business is going well, but he cares more about just the business. Some owners, Dick Monfort, John Fisher, all they care about is the business. It obviously. Just look at their actions. But Seidler is not one of those guys that only cares about if the business is doing well. Chad asks, how can anyone, including Preller and Seidler, watch this team play every day and think they are a postseason contender? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's what a lot of people are saying. I agree with you, Chad. I agree with you, man. The inconsistency, just look at this this series. Look at today. There's good parts, but they can't finish the job. They haven't been on a four-game winning streak this year. It's a large sample size. They're not going anywhere. So keep looking at this optimistically, Sidler and Preller. You're just going to hurt the franchise going forward. That's all that's going to do. You can't change what happened in the past. You can set yourself up better for the future. You can't change what's happening this year. These are the players. You can't change the 48 and 49 and 54 record they have. It's already happened. All right, there's a lot of comments, but I can't get to all of them. I'm going to get to some San Diego sports stuff here after this break. From Underdog. Um, after this break, I'll tell you more about what, uh, what underdog has going on today. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's underdog fantasy. They have great pick em games and best ball tournaments in pickup games. Just pick higher or lower on two to five players stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross team, cross league, and even cross sport best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. 
All right, so Underdog Fantasy today, they have that boost, special boost pick. Today, actually, I went with Manny Machado, half a single, as I said, uh, yeah, half, 0.5 singles. I went higher on that, and he ended up getting a single, so I got that one. Now what I need is for the Netherlands goalkeeper tonight for U.S. Women's National Team playing against Netherlands group play, group E, I think is the group, second game for the U.S. Women's National Team. I need the Netherlands goalkeeper to allow at least two goals, and I'm confident that the U.S. will be able to score twice tonight. And if I do, then I get four times the amount of money instead of three times the amount of money. So I put $10, I deposited $10, so I will get 40 instead of 30 back, I believe, in return. Um, so that's the boost. So the Padres are obviously done, but if you want to pick that, I recommend you pick the higher there on the U.S. Women's National Team, and then you pick some other event, uh, a higher, lower, some other sporting event that's happening. Another baseball game tonight, and you can earn more money tonight. All right, let's get to San Diego State. So... It was announced today that San Diego State basketball, huge home-and-home home series against Gonzaga. Yes, Gonzaga. Starting this season in, I believe, late December of this year, San Diego State will play at Gonzaga. And then next basketball season, Gonzaga will come back and play San Diego State at Viejas Arena. So I think that is really cool. And Gonzaga, they play everybody. I mean, they played, I think, Michigan State in San Diego last year on the aircraft carrier. Uh, aircraft carrier, excuse me. Um, they play big-time opponents because, obviously, they play in a small conference during their conference play, so they have to build the strong resume. So they play a bunch of good teams at the beginning of the year before their conference play starts. And so for them to put San Diego State in it, means that they really believe that San Diego State is a quality opponent for them. Obviously, Gonzaga is a quality opponent for San Diego State. And San Diego State is a quality opponent. Like, obviously, they just made it to the championship game last year, Final Four, all that. And this year, they added some talent. There's obviously some guys that are not here, Keisha Johnson and Nathan Mensa, Greco Rope, Adam Seiko. Like, there's guys that they have to replace, but there's some good talent coming in here. And there are some chances for some young guys to step up. Lamont Butler is still here. He's still got Dutch, obviously, the good coaching staff. So I can't wait for this Gonzaga-San Diego State matchup. And if San Diego State, even if they lose to Gonzaga, I don't want to go in thinking they're going to lose. But if they do lose and it's close, that's still going to help them probably in seeding for March Madness, in you know the rankings during the season, because Gonzaga is a really quality opponent. So that's cool. Home and home series at Gonzaga this year, and then at Viejas Arena for next basketball season. There was also some other news for San Diego State. Moving over to the baseball team, new head coach, the pitching coach, or the interim head coach, because Mike Martinez, he retired earlier this year. Sean Cole, who was the pitching coach, was the interim. He is he has been named the permanent head coach. And San Diego State last year, they went 24 and 29, which doesn't seem that great. And it's not that great, but they did have a pretty good record overall um, in the conference. 
in the conference. They finished 18 and 11. Kind of disappointing showing that they had in the um, the Mountain West tournament. I think they lost their first two games there. But Sean Cole, pitching coach, now head coach. This is a great opportunity for him, and he has a history of developing players. You could go back to last year where TJ Fontaine, he was just picked in the 14th round of the the draft by the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. And then there was another pitcher, I believe, picked by the Blue Jays shortly thereafter in the 15th round. Um, And like he has the history of making players that San Diego State recruits, making them better, finding a way to make them better, getting the most out of them. And I think he can continue to do this. He's familiar with the San Diego State program. So it's not like there's going to have to be an adjustment period by a new head coach to get to know players and all that. Uh, Someone that knows the importance of keeping San Diego players in San Diego. And he has a track record. Uh, Obviously, head coach now was the pitching coach for a few years. Was at Eastern Kentucky as an associate head coach. He was coordinator for player development with the Padres for three years. He was the 18U national team director for Team USA for a couple years. He was the pitching coach at the University of Arizona when they won the College World Series and director of baseball operations before that with Arizona. So I worked my way back there with his his experience, but a a lot of experience, some in professional baseball, some with Team USA. So I I like to see when programs elevate from within, promote from within guys that have been there for a little bit. Now, this isn't someone that's been there for a decade or anything, but someone that's been there knows the program, knows the culture, and can continue that. And I think that will help San Diego State here in the first season under Sean Cole uh, as the head coach of the baseball program. So there's San Diego State. And then uh, getting to the San Diego Loyal, kind of. Um, the Loyal play tomorrow, Dortmund against Loyal. The match before that at Snapdragon Stadium was yesterday, and it was pretty entertaining, I would say. Uh, a 3-1 win for Wrexham. Now, it could have been much more entertaining. Uh, I don't like that. Man United decided to have their U21 players play. Kind of, I felt that was a little disrespectful. You know, they they planned this game and then they put the Real Madrid game in Houston the day after. So it's understandable, like you're going to have your players go play Real Madrid instead of play Wrexham. But that kind of sucked. I mean, you had fans that spent hundreds of dollars on those tickets just to go watch U21 players that no one's heard of. The Wrexham players were more popular, obviously, than the U21 players. Uh, The first team had already flown out when the game was starting. So that was disappointing. But And it was obviously disappointing with the whole Paul Mullen injury. I mean, early in the game, it was like the 12th minute, I think, or it was less than 20 minutes in. And the Man United goalkeeper, Nathan Bishop, he goes out outside of the box and collides with Paul Mullen, who is Wrexham's best player, best weapon offensively, and collides with them and 
Mullen ends up having the punctured rib. Takes him a while to get up. He thinks he doesn't need the oxygen. Then he ends up needing it and needed help off of the field. Didn't use the cart, but needed help off the field, and that kind of dampened the mood. Uh, but there was over 34,000 fans there at Snapdragon, so it seemed like it was a good environment. Paul Parkinson, the manager of Wrexham, really loved uh, Snapdragon and loved the facility and loved the environment, the experience. Rob McElhenney was there. I didn't. I don't think Ryan Reynolds was there, but it was good to see Wrexham at Snapdragon Stadium. Like that was cool. I was not at the event. I was watching some of it on TV, flipping back and forth between the Padre game and the Wrexham match. Um, it was cool to to have obviously a brand like Man United there, even though it was just the U twenty one team, which still sucks in my opinion, and Wrexham. Um, who's they're not a Premier League team. They're not close to the Premier League yet. They got promoted because they won their league, but they're in the fourth division, I believe, now, starting this season. Um, so it, it wasn't a great soccer team, but it was it's a big brand because of the owners and the reality, not the reality reality show, is that the docu-series, I should say, whatever on Hulu, FX. Um, so yeah, it was cool. Uh, but I think tomorrow should be better because it's a San Diego team playing. It's a San Diego team playing San Diego loyal. Are they an MLS team? No, but it's a San Diego team playing And Dortmund. It seems like they actually care about San Diego. Like they made sure to play San Diego and they're not, at least from what I've seen, Giorena is going to be playing. Who's on the U S men's national team, obviously like their big star U.S. player, he's playing in the match at least a little bit. So, like, they're actually valuing San Diego. They're valuing the San Diego Loyal as an opponent instead of just putting the U21 players out there and having the first team leave before the stadium even fills up at Snapdragon, you know? So that's tomorrow night. Um, I'm sure it's going to be packed, just like Tuesday was packed, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of San Diego fans there supporting the loyal and that'll be cool if the loyal win i don't uh, they're going to be underdogs obviously like dortmund is a huge you know powerhouse there in i believe bundesliga is where they play but um because they almost they almost won their league last year but it should be fun for sure it should be fun and then the loyal they play this weekend as well the wave by the way they play this friday uh friday at ol rain and the U.S. Women's National Team, they play in a matter of minutes. So can't wait to see that. Um, anything else I wanted to get to? I don't think so. All right. I think that's it. Thank you all for the time. I really do appreciate it. Did we miss any super chats? No. Okay. Thank you for the time. I couldn't get to everyone's chats today. There was a lot of comments, and I know Padres fans, you're very passionate, and I love that. Uh, next time, if you want to make sure I get to your comment, please consider using that super chat button, and I will definitely make sure to get to it. I appreciate all the time that you guys give me, just a silly Padres fan, giving my thoughts about this team, uh, talking with you guys. Have a great rest of your night, and we'll see what's in store for this Padres team this weekend. <laughs>